Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. I mean, here's a guy that criticizes everybody, whoever they take. He's got the answers to uh, who you should take and who you shouldn't take. And all of a sudden, he's an expert. He's in our paper two days ago telling us who we have to take. Welcome back to the first team. I am Joe DeLeon. Joining me as always, my good friend and co-host Ryan Roberts. And today we are going to be previewing the Senior Bowl down in Mobile, Alabama. That is going to be kicking off next week with practices starting uh, next Tuesday, I believe. We won't be making the trip this year, uh, but we obviously still will be covering it closely, breaking down the film, talking about the daily risers, top performers, all of that and so much more coming next week. But today, with a week to go, we want to discuss who are three players each, maybe a little bit more, uh, that we think are the most important to know going into the week. It's a very talented roster because we've got all of these juniors that are playing in the game. And we want to help you understand the future faces of your team who could be big risers throughout this process, who could have really big uh, weeks of practice and end up building and boosting their stock. We've seen tons of guys do it. Last year, we had a number of players like Tajay Spears and Ade Odeboare who could maybe be those guys this year. Ryan, just to re- reiterate, though, this this uh, this is probably one of the most talented senior bowl classes I've ever seen, obviously, because they've got all these juniors to work with. Yeah, I mean, it ended up only being like 50-something underclassmen ended up declaring, but the fact that you have some redshirt juniors, you have some true juniors, you have the ability to take those underclassmen on top of the top seniors every single year. Cause I think we're also starting to get to the other point of the COVID year, Joe, where it's like after 2025, we don't have to talk about the COVID year anymore, but we're still getting like that. We're getting that high, still getting that high volume of draft classes, right? Like we still have run into a few bigger draft classes over the last couple of years, especially. So I think we are getting to the point where there's a whole lot of seniors. And now that you can take underclassmen, the senior bowl especially has been able to feast off of disability. They really have because I, I, the East West I know is, you know, put together the best roster they possibly can. But this year, I think that the senior bowl has really just even up their game further. I mean, every year they are the yeah. premier NFL all-star game, but this year they have put together one of the best rosters. I can remember from top to bottom for a senior bowl perspective. Yeah, And you'd seen Jim Nagy kind of tweet about and talk about on social media that, it has become harder to really build these rosters because of the fact that there just is not that same level of depth. A lot of guys deciding to go back because of NIL deal opportunities. It is a very rare period of time. I think that this stuff kind of eases itself out after 2025, as you mentioned there, and it'll probably be a little bit more balanced, but it hasn't actually... It's all cyclical. Right, right. Um, But in a way, though, this hasn't really impacted the Senior Bowl roster because... They were able to use the juniors this year, which I wonder if there ended up being a correlation to fill some of those gaps. And they've also done a really good job of just stealing guys uh, from from the you know the Shrine game and pulling some of those top players. Like like a one guy that comes to mind that I was excited that was added to the mix was like Jawar Jordan. Like that's a really good yeah. explosive running back from Louisville. Who I think adding him, who originally was a Shrine game invite, is just a nice piece to be playing in this game. Well, I mean, it happens every year. I mean, I, I know you you were like the Jalex Hunt kid, right? The Houston Baptist yes. kid or whatever. Yes, like I really like the, him. The edge. I mean, he was originally, he was literally the first player that was off or extended an invite 
from the East West Shrine Bowl. And then obviously the senior yeah. bowl comes in shortly after that and is able to kind of just, you know, derail that potential of happening. But we see it every single year, man. I mean, every single year we see guys that get elevated from well, it used so it used to be the games were spaced out more, right? So it would be East West, yeah. then the Senior Bowl. So guys would elevate from the Shrine Bowl to the Senior Bowl, but with the bad blood between the East West and the Shrine Bowl or Senior Bowl now, the Senior Bowl just kind of steals some guys before the events even start, which is hilarious. But yes, I'm excited to see a couple of those guys because there were a couple of head scratches at first show where you're just kind of like, hmm, why why is he getting a Senior Bowl invite? Like, why isn't he yeah. the guy that's yeah. on that radar? And then it makes sense that the roster's just because you had to think of it. There had to be a little bit of a strategic feel this year for the senior bowl for Jim Nagy, I think, because it isn't just, you know, getting the best 100 plus seniors overall. It was also you did have to account into what underclassmen are going to be potentially for this game. So you have to hold certain roster spots to a certain number of underclassmen and guys that wouldn't typically be eligible. So there's been a lot of layers to this development for the senior bowl, but I think that overall they've been able to put together, obviously a fantastic roster as per huge bet online remains your top spot for all of your live betting action and contests. NFL college football, UFC, NHL are all in full swing. Bet online is your number one source for wagering news, odds, trends, and predictions with both desktop and mobile access at any time. Head to Bet Online today and use promo code Believe. That's B L E A V for 50% off your first deposit. That is a 50% welcome bonus. Bet Online, where the game starts. So I'm going to start us off here. I tried to pick guys that I don't think are clear-cut guaranteed first-rounders. Like, I, I didn't yep. do Talese Fuaga. I didn't do Lietu Latu. I, I didn't try to go that route and picking players that I think have kind of identified and solidified where they're going to be picked. Uh, I try to go with guys that I think are going to really help their case. The first one I have written down, I have a feeling I might be stealing this one from you, uh, uh, Quinion Mitchell from... Toledo, yeah, I ended yeah. up stealing that from you. Uh, I'll, yeah. I'll end up, I'll end up giving a fourth one because I, 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 I stole. Well, one I had you. five guys written down, so I have a couple okay. extra. Okay. So you're good. Yeah, I, I think that Quinion Mitchell, you and I are really big fans of his. I put him in my latest mock draft as a first rounder. I think physically, he's got some just tremendous traits. Not like a super tall, long corner, but the athleticism, the long speed, the the hip fluidity is fantastic. Didn't really have much of an opportunity to face off with much high caliber competition this year. So we don't really know how he's going to look against some of the better receivers to get him out there and to have an opportunity to maybe lock some guys up, maybe get a couple picks, make a couple big plays on the ball when it's in the air. I think it's going to be some nice proof for people to start talking about that aren't as deep dove in some of the more you know, national media or the team specific media, they're going to be like, oh, who's this Quinion Mitchell kid from Toledo? He feels like yeah. uh, one of those guys that is going to be uh, suddenly on everybody's radar. So the Senior Bowl, for people that don't frequent it or don't watch it or don't care about it, I mean, I feel like most people that listen to an NFL draft podcast probably care right. about the Senior Bowl. I think that's a pretty safe assumption to make. But regardless, it is always slanted towards offensive players from a wide receiver versus defensive back perspective. Because the one thing that everyone wants, wants to flock to and everybody wants to watch, one-on-ones. One-on-ones, wide receivers, DBs, offensive line, defensive line. For the wide receiver cornerback conversation or the defensive back conversation, wide receiver definitely have the advantage because there's no help. It's just a one-on-one situation, a lot of space, and 
you know, it's a tough matchup to be in one-on-one coverage just in general. So usually wide receivers are the t- people that we leave these events with and say like, oh, that guy's a that guy was a budding star. Tank Dell was one last year, right? Where you're like, he was uncoverable. Yeah. And, you know, but you're also like, but it is slanted towards him. Every so often, though, every single year, you get a couple corners that do really well for themselves and show that they can have that type of upside. So, yes, Quinion Mitchell was a guy that I did have on my list because six foot and a half, I think he was six four, six foot and four eighths, I believe, verified in the spring, uh, 196 pounds. He has requisite size, length, athleticism, was estimated, I believe, during for scouts in the spring between 438 and 442 like he can turn and run really well plays exclusively off man coverage for the most part at Toledo and some zone mixed in which I'm interested to see if they put him up on the line of scrimmage a little bit and some press opportunities see if he can kind of be a guy that can do those types of things a little bit more than what he was asked to do with the Rockets but regardless I think that he could be a big winner another guy that I really like because I had Talise Fuaga on the list Joe I had him on the uh, list but it's but it's boring at this point because he's a first-round player. If you've listened to this yeah. podcast, you frequented this podcast, you know who Talise Fuaga is, right tackle out of Oregon State. This isn't a new name to know, which I think is why you come to these types of podcasts. You don't hear just come and listen to just the mainstream names all the time. You want to hear about the day two guys. You want to hear about the day three guys. You want to hear about the priority free agents. You want to hear about guys that are going to make up the bulk of an NFL roster, which is why I want to bring this name to the table, Joe. I also had Troy Fontanu on this list, but like... I wasn't going to bring him up. Most likely. He was the fifth guy on my list because it was like, again, first round pick more than likely. He, right, right. Everybody knows who Troy Fontana is. I'm going to go with his teammate, though. Roger Rosengarten, who is the starting uh, right tackle him. out of Washington. I do really like Roger Rosengarten. I hate the, the thought process that's out there with Roger Rosengarten because immediately people are going to say, wait, is that 73 for Washington? Because they'll remember one game. They'll remember the Michigan game. Yeah, oh, like yeah but what have you done for me lately, man? What have you done right. for me lately? <laughs> he gave up two or three bad pressures against Michigan, did not have a good football game overall, was actually not as bad as people act like it was, but he had a couple really bad pressures given up in inopportune times in that game. But for the better part of the last two years, he's had tremendous film. 6'6", 303 pounds listed, I think he's going to hit the requisite because the senior bowl weigh-ins is going to be a big conversation too. I think he's going to hit requisite length aspect to be able to stay at offensive tackle on the next level. He is just smooth about, about as smooth as you will find of any offensive lineman in this class. Do I think that some guys maybe have more explosive pass sets than him? Sure. Do I think that some people have more explosive core strength than Roger Rosengarten? Sure. But what he is, Joe is he is just a smooth mover, man. And every he makes everything look so easy all the time. Power profile is still developing. But from a pass set perspective, from a getting up to the second level, working combos, working you know the, the combo to the second level and to, to uh, linebackers and secondary in space, this kid is just a really good overall talent at the offensive tackle position. And as he continues to develop that core strength, I think that he has a chance to be a plus starting offensive lineman on the next level. People are going to hear Roger Rosengarten's name. They're going to be like, that guy can't play in the NFL because they just remember the Michigan game for a couple reps. When in reality, I think Roger Rosengarten is going to go in day two. I think he's going to go mm. second or third round, and he's going to be a starting right tackle very early on in his career. Reminds me a lot of former Cleveland Brown. And um, I think he also played, uh, yeah, Cleveland Brown started, then Kansas City Chief Mitchell Schwartz. That's who he oh. reminds me of. 
Mitchell was just, he was the same way. Nothing about Mitchell was elite. Nothing about Mitchell was like, oh my gosh, look at that length. Look at that athleticism. But he was good at everything. And he was a technician. Roger Rosengarten, I think, is a starting right tackle in the NFL. And I think that he has one of those weeks of senior ball where you're just like, wow, like just didn't lose many reps all week, man. Like he just stacked reps. Roger Rosengarten, offensive tackle, Washington. Yeah, he feels like he could be one of those guys that just has a really steady week. I haven't really I haven't evaluated and, and watched him yet on my list of guys that I've been getting to. Uh he's like number eleven on the ten that I was playing or I've watched 10. He was number 11 to get to next as I'm trying to get to some of these other position groups. So I like that that Ryan Rosengarten ad. Uh, my second one, or Roger Rosengarten. Ryan Rose, Ryan Roger Rosengarten. Rosengarten. His, his stock just rose with his first name being Ryan. Oh, because, shut up. Uh, um, yeah. My second one, Michael Hall Jr. I think back to every year with these one-on-ones, the guys that tend to dominate as interior defensive linemen are the guys that are quick, the guys that have good hands and the guys that are low to the ground. And I look at Michael Hall Jr. who fits all of those descriptors. He is he's got very quick feet. He has very active hands. Didn't really have the sack production or the tackle for loss production that you would expect for a player like him. He was more of a disruptor and intended to divert attention away. I think that this is a guy who shows up and causes a problem for all of the interior offensive linemen that he is going to be facing off with during the week, during the team periods, he feels like a player that is going to be uh, clogging up lanes and maybe getting a couple tackles for loss. He feels like a gamer and a guy who had to rotate a ton at Ohio State. Like yep. he wasn't, and we talked about him, a full time, constantly on the field uh, starter because they were rotating multiple defensive linemen. He's going to get yep. more reps, more opportunities to really shine and show that he can be a problem in the interior. And I think, a, you know, an athletic player like Michael Hall Jr. is going to start that rise throughout the process here at the Senior Bowl. This the, the Senior Bowl new format of allowing underclassmen is the perfect one for a guy like a Michael Hall Jr. Because, Joe, the youngest player that will be at the Senior Bowl this year is Michael Hall Jr. Oh, the, really? The, I didn't know players that. that have been invited and have accepted invites unless there's somebody last minute here. He is going to be only be 20 years old on draft night. Not even 21 years old yet. Sixth youngest person in the 2024 NFL draft of draft eligible prospects. So, yeah, he has the opportunity to make him some money because, like you said, I think that there is a stay power to being able to be an asset, a high volume against the run on early downs. But if you can rush the passer from the interior on the next level, there's going to be a spot for you in the NFL. There just yep. is. In a passing league, there's just going to be that spot. Michael Hall, I wanted him to take a bigger step in 2023 than he did. But regardless, he's a very talented player and a player that I think can make some money in Mobile. There's no doubt. My second guy, one that I don't think we've ever talked about on this podcast. So new, new, new name to the show. Jaden Hicks, safety, Washington State. Uh, we've story. talked about him off air plenty. Oh, so, yes. Dude, I love Jaden Hicks. I think he's the most underrated safety in the 2024 NFL draft. Six foot three, 215 pounds. I think he's probably more in the 6'2", six, 6'2 two, six, two half range. But regardless, he's a big boy safety, man. Like He looks the part of those hybrid defenders that we're starting to see. Is he a safety? Can he play some big nickel? Can he play on the second level a ton? And the answer is yes. Jaden Hicks is a very smooth, explosive, all-around athlete. I don't think that he's a guy that you're ever going to work in single high situations a ton, you know, range from the back end over top. 
but he's a guy that ranging downhill, playing some man-to-man coverage and working in the box. Great football player, man. I expect him during Mobile to be able to, at 6'2", 6'3", 215 pounds, play man-to-man against some bigger slots. I'm I, Tight end eraser potentially on the next level. I'm excited mm. to see him against the tight end group that we have down in Mobile. I'm also excited to see him if he works in any linebacker drills, one-on-one against running backs, whether that's as a blitzer or in pass coverage as well. This is a Swiss Army knife on the second and third level for a defense that is probably the most underrated player in this class from a safety perspective. So Jane Hicks, Washington State. Also young too, by the way. Only a redshirt sophomore coming out. And he's at this football wow. game, which is pretty wild. He can kind of be like last year, if you recall, Marte Mapu was a huge riser and he had a much more difficult, not difficult, but like a lot more unknown path to get to being as drafted as high as he was by the Patriots. He was a UDFA pretty much for the most part coming from Sac State. Nobody knew who he was. And I think he came from, C- was it CGS that he got the invite from? <laughs> so great, great little backstory on Marte Mapu, Sac- Sac- Sacramento State. Yeah. Joe, he was set to go to the College Ground Showcase. Well, didn't you have an invite? He was set to go to CGS. And then there was a little bit of uh, some issues on the back end there, which eventually made him go to uh, the Hula Bowl, I believe, at first. And then he eventually uh, elevated all the way to the Senior Bowl. So, but he had a really good week because they yes. asked him to play linebacker. They asked him to play a little safety. And he shined in both situations. And as you talked about here, same physical profile for these box safeties, hybrid linebackers. I remember watching Jaden Hicks uh, him against Wisconsin. I watched that film and was one of the guys that I immediately wrote down. I also wrote down James Thompson Jr., who I don't know if I don't know if he declared the Wisconsin. No, I, think, I think he's going back. I think he's going back. Oh, yeah. that's so disappointing because he was such a fun defensive lineman to watch. But um, those two guys really stood out to me. But the thing with Jaden Hicks is you talked about big frame, good tackler, very aggressive downhill. I love these big body guys that fly up field safeties that play like linebackers that were playing purely as a safety in college, I know that that guy's going to work in the NFL because we need plenty more of these hybrid style players. Um, the last one that I have, and we've got enough time that maybe we we do two more each, but uh, Christian Haynes from from UConn, yep. I think is a name to, to acknowledge. He's not like Zion Johnson, but I feel like he could have a Zion Johnson type week because he, he's smaller than Zion Johnson, but he's very stoutly built. Uh, long, not dude. a dude. He's got pretty long arms too, man. He's almost got 34-inch arms. Christian Haynes. Yeah, he's yeah, right. got like 33 is, and 7 eighths or something like that. <laughs> yeah. Which is really unexpected for this smaller, more compact uh, guard slash center. I think he might end up being a center, and we're going to get to see him snap, which is a really nice thing. And if he snaps well and he moves well from that center position, that's going to be really awesome. But he's just got such a really good lower half, and I love the lower body power that he has started to see this year that this guy can move pretty well. I didn't see that originally from him when I watched his 2022 tape and then 2023 started to really see that he can get to the second level. Um, You know, he can play in space. So I think that that Christian Haynes is a guy who, as we're talking about, the ones who win these one-on-ones tend to be the more technically sound players with good lower body strength. It doesn't really play to be um, the tall, lean, weaker guy in these one-on-ones because then there's going to be a rep or two where you get put on your ass. I don't think Christian Haynes is that guy, and I think he's going to be planting uh, a couple yep. of these defensive linemen. 
I mean, is there any doubt that Christian Haynes is just going to be a good player in the NFL for a long time? I mean, like I, I just, yeah. I, I don't see him not being at least a steady, solid NFL player for a long Who time. Who is so. the? Oh no, you know what? I'm thinking of the 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 defensive lineman from UConn. I'm mixing him. I'm I. Uh, who was oh, the kid last Travis year? Travis Jones. Travis Jones. Yeah, I don't. I don't know yeah. why it made me think of Travis Jones, but I mean, it's like the reverse of Travis Jones is what <laughs> Christian Haynes is. Yeah. Well, it, so let, next guy, Joe, you're talking about underrated and guys mm-hmm. that are undervalued in this class, which is which is what Christian Haynes is. Lad McConkey. Oh, Georgia, that was going to be my fourth one. <laughs> is it, is it, what's it actually? I, I have yes. another. I have another one. I get through out there. No, 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 but, no, no, no. Do Lad because yeah. I got. I have a. I have a fifth one. Go ahead, do Lad. Five eleven and some change. I think he's like five eleven and one eighth, one hundred eighty five pounds. Joe, who dominates Senior Bowl one on ones as wide? This receivers? is exactly why I wrote him down. This is exactly why I wrote it, him down. <laughs> it's the quick twitch route runners who can change tempo in their routes and get guys in bad situations one on one. That is Lad McConkey. Lad McConkey also is going to run pretty well in the forty. I guarantee it's like four four two to four four five. Like he's going to run pretty well at the combine. He was injured a bit his last year at Georgia. Was was obviously able to be available down the stretch and had a couple of big games. This kid's going to go a lot higher than people think. Some people are going to think white wide receiver. They're going to be like, oh, late day day three. He might end up going in like the third rounds. It's possible that Lad ends up going that high because he's just so solid to good at everything, man. Like he's a good athlete, pretty explosive, and he's a young man that I think is going to run great routes in, in down in Mobile. I think he's going to catch everything. Yes, he's a smaller guy. Yes, his play strength is never going to be to the level that you're like, oh my God, wide receiver one. But that kid's going to dominate that week because the bigger corners, especially, that are going to be down in Mobile are going to look at 5'11", 185, Vlad McConkey and just begin to like just have a, a temper tantrum because they're like, dude, I know I can't cover this guy one-on-one. Like, it's just not going to mm-hmm. happen. So, Lad McConkey is going to be everyone's favorite wide receiver down in Mobile this week, in my opinion, because he's the type of wide receiver that always has big weeks down in Alabama. Yeah, this is this is an easy one. As you talked about, the guys that tend to excel during this week are the ones who very quick feet, really good release. And then the biggest thing is we always get all geeked up over or just the general media gets geeked up over is lots of separation between yes. receivers and defensive <laughs> backs. So he's going to create that separation because he accelerates uh, and has really good long speed so that he's going to be able to do that. As you talked about, is a very just well-rounded football player uh, and could be a name that starts to pick up some steam, steam at the senior bowl that will eventually test well at the NFL Combine. My last guy before you share your last one, Jackson yep. Powers Johnson from <sighs> Oregon. Uh, was that one that you had? Well, I, I have a little bit of a different view on this one, but go ahead. Okay. Yeah, you start You start the conversation. Yep. Jackson Powers Johnson is, for me right now, I believe my highest rated center. Uh, okay. Not because he is like a super twitched up, insanely talented center prospect, because he's really well-rounded. And I think that he brings a really high floor to the position. It reminds me a ton of John Michael Schmitz last year who showed up and was just the steadiest guy all week long. And we talked did he, about did him. Did he lose a rep? Did John Michael Schmitz no. lose a rep last year? No. <laughs> yeah. did, did, did John Michael Schmitz like dominate and completely uh, eviscerate anyone in any reps? No, not really. But those that were paying attention more to the steadiness really acknowledged that John Michael Schmitz had a strong, really consistent week. Another three-name guy with Jackson Powers Johnson, the hyphen crew over here, uh, is going to have is that himself. Why, why I think, is that a conversation? A really, 
I don't know. It just ha- it just happens to be, to be a part of the discussion. Um, I think that he's that type of player that's just going to be really steady. Uh, just yep. does his job consistently like he did at Oregon and is going to yep. not lose any reps, not really mm-hmm. win them in an exciting manner, but not really lose them enough to put himself into that conversation of uh, in affirming that he is the number one center. I think there's going to be a fascinating battle in Mobile. This is why I was going to mention Jackson's, Jackson Powers Johnson because the most likely offensive center one in this class is going to be in Mobile. The question is, is it Jackson or is it... Zach Frazier from West yep. Virginia, who I love. I love Zach Frazier. I would take that kid early day two and not even think twice about it. Now, I think Jackson has more of an upside to potentially going in the late first rounds than what a Zach Frazier does because Zach is a little bit sawed off and a little bit more, you know, not not as big and, and kind of has that upside to him from a body type perspective. But I think that both players are starting centers very early on in this career. If you told me right now Jackson goes center one, in this early second round or Zach Frazier goes center one in the early second round. I wouldn't buy either argument right now. I really would. I don't think there's like a foregone conclusion there. So the battle to be the first center off the board, the first true interior player off the board. I think that's going to be fascinating to see which one of these centers can take advantage of their opportunity. Uh, I like the ad of Zach Frazier too. I think yep. that Good player, I mean, man. I, actually, I have no idea what teams they're on. I can try to find that real quick. No, it just this thing just has them grouped as positions. Yeah, so, I was gonna yeah. say I don't think that's like really true. I think he's released. They're releasing now. Um, it's not like an East groups? West thing anymore, right? It's like a National yeah, American yeah. thing. Like I, I don't. Yeah, know. I would love to see back to back reps of Powers Johnson, then Zach Frazier, but I would be willing to bet they're probably going to separate them because you know they don't want quality the of the game and everything. Yeah, yeah. Um, <laughs> yeah. But I like that too. They're just so different too, yes. which is going to make this a really interesting debate. I yeah. currently have Powers Johnson, then Frazier. So okay. I'm leaning that direction, but I would love to see Frazier just show why he's such a easy mover. Uh, he's gotten compared to Jason Kelsey a bit, and I think that that's a fair comparison because he's smaller, very good with leverage, hand placement, yep. and a uh, big-time high school wrestler, man. Big-time yep. high school wrestler, and it comes up on film like he understands leverage, hand play, and to you know how to finish blocks. You know that hip torque that you need to finish blocks. So. I'm a big fan of Zach Frazier. I'm still need to finalize kind of my grade and my thoughts on Jackson, but overall, I think that it's a it's pretty solid center class, man. It's not bad. Yeah. I, I think that the whole interior in general is a little bit of a below average class, but I think the center group has a couple guys that I'm pretty excited about. All right, everybody. Thank you for tuning in. Enjoy the Senior Bowl. Let us know what you think. Any guys that you're excited to watch in the comments below. And all of next week, we're going to be covering and talking about the top performers. Stay tuned. We'll be back. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube. You know when you're listening to a true crime story that has an unbelievable plot twist that makes you stop in your tracks? That's what our podcast, People Are the Worst, brings you with each episode. I'm Rachel. And I'm Rebecca. We're identical twins who love true crime cases that make you say, didn't see that coming, and we hate the people responsible for them. Listen to People Are the Worst now on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts.